0: you're listening to joy coaching america
1: with the joy coach karen lynn grant spreading upbeat uplifting informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful rocky mountains
0: welcome to joy coaching america this is karen lynn grant and i am so happy to be here with you Kenyon. today we have a special guest and this is a woman who I just have grown to love and to revere, to honor. She is a mentor. She is a matriarch. She is a mother of five beautiful children. She is the wife of one of Del and my dear friends. And I look up to Kenyon because of the things that she has overcome, the success she has created in her life. And I want to interview her today to bring to you a woman in leadership, loving leadership, that her her leadership style is the style that I think that we can all be inspired by. It's really an irresistible style, Kenyon, and I'm so grateful for you. Kenyon, she purchased a flower shop business, and that was her first entrepreneurial business, her first experience with being an entrepreneur, and she then moved on to work with children at a child crisis center with abused children. She has a beautiful story, which I'm gonna ask her to share with you today so that you will understand that she is a nurturer by nature, that she has a great gift of empathy and compassion for children. She fell in love with the children that she served. She became passionate about children in the foster care system, and so, Kenyon, today, we would love to hear about that, too. Absolutely. She's been married almost 20 years to Rob Robson, who is also a wonderful, amazing entrepreneur. And together, they are business partners with the Life Platform, beautiful life leadership, and they have spoken to hundreds, thousands of people all around the world. They mentor many many who have looked to them for success in leadership and who have changed their lives because of the mentorship that both Kenyon and Rob give to them. But today, Kenyon, I'm so excited to interview you. And I want to start with your story because it is such an amazing story of overcoming, of finding your natural gifts and talents, and of going through hardship at an early age and overcoming that hardship. So today, here we go, Kenyon. Well, thank you so
1: much. First, I just want to say I am so honored and privileged to be able to be here in this moment with Karen, being interviewed by her. We love and adore her and respect and admire her leadership, and it is just an absolute honor to be here. So um, I wish I could see all of your faces because I love just getting to know new people. But I will just start off and tell you um, uh, just a little bit about my story so you know kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, when my, my, my parents met young in high school and fell in love and um, started having children very young, much to their parents' dismay, and they thought the best thing to do would be to get married since they had, um, were pregnant. And so they got married to people that hadn't had marriage modeled. Um, in the most healthy manner. Um, Marriage, as most of us know, is not easy as grown-ups. And so you can imagine two young teenagers who had not had marriage really modeled in a healthy way. They got married and that was really hard. And so my mom found herself with three young children by the time she was 20 and divorced. And she was beautiful and talented and fierce and extremely funny. And people still to this day come and talk to me about her whenever they can. But um, she hustled and uh, made her own way as a young mom and was an entrepreneur and flipped cars and did whatever she had to do to make enough money. And I just remember her wild and fun spirit. And um, one night we were driving late at night with her friend behind the wheel and um, we were in a terrible car accident. He fell asleep at the wheel and we actually fell off the freeway. And um, my mom and my sister and my brother all fell out of the car and um, were severely injured. My mother, um, my beautiful, wonderful mother passed away in that car accident and Um, I was not injured at all, and so it kind of set me up to um, take over in my family as kind of the nurturer and caretaker, and I just never wanted to see my brother and sister in pain the way I saw them during those years, and so I kind of cushioned their way in any way I could and um, took care of them and wanted to um, see them hurt as little as possible and also to make my mom proud.
0: Mm, Kenyon, how old were you when this happened?
1: Yes, I was four and my sister was five. She's 11 months older than me. And my little brother was two when it happened.
0: That's amazing to take on that role of nurturing mom at age four. That is an incredible story. And I've never heard it in that detail before. And I... I'm amazed at each time that I've heard you speak, I'm so amazed at this wonderful mother with such nurturing abilities. And to me, that's such a testimony of your spirit that you came as a nurturer by nature. You came already prepared for such a beautiful role with such an amazing, empathetic, compassionate heart for your siblings, Thank both you. older and younger.
1: Thank you, Karen. It. Um... You know, at that time, I think as a young girl, I saw kind of the adults around me um, starting on two different paths of their ways of thinking. Um, I I would hear echoed what kind of God would take away a young mother to three young children. How could there even be a God to let something like that happen? And then I saw other adults in my life who were Uh, waiting to see the beauty that typically comes at some point after really painful trials. And um, my heart just resonated with um, feeling like there had to be reasons. It it didn't seem right and it didn't feel right to question that there was a God in heaven. My heart didn't feel right with that. And so um, I'm really grateful that gratitude was instilled for some reason In my spirit at a young age, and I knew that other people had it worse, and I was grateful for the things that I did have. And so it was really the setup to a beautiful life, but we didn't know at the time.
0: It's amazing to me because I've heard you speak on gratitude so much, and I believe that our spirits come prepared for the trials and the challenges that we might be going through. As I've heard you speak in the past at beautiful life leadership events. My heart has resonated so much with your heart and oftentimes it's been your your particular talk that has sunk deeply into my soul. I've listened as you have heralded the other amazing women that you mentor and that are with you in this beautiful business and I'm always astounded at such a gift of gratitude. As you were talking, the thought came to me beauty for your ashes and i love the scripture where where the lord says in isaiah and i will give them beauty for their ashes and i believe that you have truly created an amazingly beautiful life a life that can be gazed upon you have become an example for so many women and when they hear this story they can take courage and take heart that no matter what they've come from no matter if they had a mother, I, I was divorced when my little girl was ten. I had a boy that was Michael was five. I had a little girl that was three and a little boy that was one and a half. And I watched my daughter with five children and I'm amazed at where did all this nurturing come from? This a beautiful ability. And um it's just to me to watch somebody somebody go through. Hard experiences and come out graceful and beautiful and mentoring there for other women. So many people become calloused, angry, negative, and feel a huge amount of self pity. And I'm so grateful that you are in my life and that I get to watch and behold someone like you who has overcome so much in the loss of your mother. So Kenyon, as we go on with this program, I would love for you to share, what was it like being with a father, now without your mother? We have a few minutes and I would love to have you share, what was it like now growing up without the mom? So, um, oh,
1: this is the good part. Um, so first of all, thank you, Karen. You are so edifying of others and I appreciate you're so uplifting and I love your sweet, peaceful spirit. And I feel the same things about you. Um, so, um, it was quite an adventure guys. I, um, my dad had a really difficult childhood and, um, I'm so grateful. I know and understand his story now because parents, we really are just humans with our own story, but as children, we see our parents as just kind of machines, kind of what they, um, what we need from them and what we're not getting from them. I mean, that's really in a child's eyes. All we really know is what we wish we were getting from them differently, what they should be giving to us and the mistakes that they're making. But we don't realize as children that they just have their own
0: story You know what, that is so true. And I just appreciate where this is gonna go. I'm excited to be right back after this station break. We'll be right back with our interview with Kenyon Robson sharing what it was like to grow up with the primary caregiver being her dad.
1: From sea to shining sea and beyond, you're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and joy coach, Karen Lynn
0: Grant. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Rob and Tanya Robson. What beautiful examples and pillars of strength you are to so many. But as I was sharing with you, it's an unusual feeling for me to have that kind of instantaneous love that is just so full grown. <laughs> it's such a full grown love. Like it took years to, sometimes it takes years to grow that kind of a love, but it's just such a matured up love. So I'm so grateful. And as we were talking in the last segment, we were I had asked you the question, what was it like growing up with your dad and without that influence of your beautiful mom? And we were just getting into that when we had a break. So I'll just have you start from that experience because so many children are going on visitation back and forth and have experiences growing up under the wing of their father and not always is that a pleasant experience. My own daughters were telling me yesterday some very crucial things that had happened that I had never even heard before that happened when I was out of the home and on visitation with dear old dad. So here we go. Yes, I would be lying to you all
1: to say that it was an easy journey. And of course, all of our journeys are so layered and complex, and it's easy to share how it comes out beautiful in the end. But there were so many painful parts. There were so many times where I just yearned for that love, that only a mom, that just unconditional love, um, you know, it just wasn't there. Um, And there were times at school, at parties where I... Uh, yearned for that in my life. And it was, it was very painful and sometimes very, very lonely, but I'm, I'm a grateful person and I'm, I'm really close to the savior. And when I, when I learned about Jesus Christ, um, I don't know where you are on that journey or what you believe. We all believe different things. And I honor, um, your journey and, and, and what you believe for me um, someone taught me that there was a savior that had been through and felt every pain, every joy, every loneliness that I felt. And um, I all of a sudden felt like I had a best friend on the journey with me and um, that knew me. And um, and it became a little less lonely. I actually think the time I mourned not having a mom the most, and I'm sure some of you have lost your mothers, maybe it wasn't at four, um, but whatever age it is, Um, I remember when I had my first baby and I Mm -hmm. had never felt so lonely in my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I think I yearned for her more then than I even had in my whole childhood. And I was very sad and I mourned and I grieved for her. And I, um, you know, I just felt very lonely. Um, But I I was healed through the years of being a mother. I was able to just pour all of those things mm. that I, I was meant to be a mother. You know, not everybody feels that way, but I did. And so I was able to create those relationships that I yearned for, that I saw, that I admired, that I had desired so deeply and pour all of those things that I needed um, into my children. And my heart was healed slowly over the years. And... Um, you know, as far as the journey with my dad, um <laughs> I have to chuckle. Um it was rough. He had had a really hard childhood. He had a temper. Um we kind of walked on eggshells. Um he was married many times, had affairs many times and and I would be lying if I didn't say those things didn't hurt my little girl heart. They did. Um but I did have a blessing that I knew, that I knew there were a lot of kids that didn't. Somehow Through all of that pain and difficulty, I knew my dad loved me. Somehow I didn't take ownership for the pain that he inflicted upon us um, because of his um, toxic childhood. Somehow I didn't personalize that. And I know so many kids, I'm sure, I don't know if it was my mother's spirit, Mm. just guiding me and prompting me to know that he didn't mean the harm that he sometimes caused, somehow I loved my dad. And somehow through all of that, I really knew my dad loved me, even though he had a very difficult (laughs) way and style of showing it. And so
0: some people don't have that blessing. I did know I was loved and that's huge for a kid. That is incredible and it is a beautiful story. And it is a beautiful story of resiliency and I, as I listen, I just think what an amazing resilient spirit is yours. You came resilient, Kenyon. I know that you have five beautiful children of your own with Rob and four of those children are boys, right? You have yeah. one daughter, Sailor, who is 14, 14, 14 mm-hmm. years old. And you were sharing with me earlier. How this bond that you have with Sailor. I would love for you to share a little bit about that maternal bond that you are able to have. And do you think that that is enhanced because of what you missed out with your mom? And now you're able to pour both the giving and the receiving into Sailor of what you always wanted with your mother and you're able to create with her?
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Karen. I, um, absolutely I read a book when I was a young mother and it was um, motherless mothers and I don't even remember the author but it just talks about the intense love um, and I've had to figure that out through the years because it was quite intense when I first became a mother just mother lion not wanting to really leave them um, you know kind of some unhealthy levels there in the beginning of of being a mother but Um, Through the years, oh, it has been a balm to my spirit. It is gut-wrenching and hard. And every one of you listening that is a parent knows exactly what I mean. The most humbling, gut-wrenching job on the planet. But it has also been balm to my spirit to um, have a mirror to my weaknesses. Because being a parent will absolutely do that. Um, Bring you right to your knees and humble you to the core. uh, And see the areas that I needed to improve And, um, and just to mother my kids and, and, um, be able to absolutely, like Karen said, pour in all the things that I felt like I had missed out on. Um, as a young mother, I knew that if in my dying days, every one of my five children could say they had an amazing mother, I knew my heart, um, would move on in a very peaceful way. That was all I ever wanted after losing my mom and having um, such a toxic father that I loved and loved me, but nevertheless um, was very difficult, didn't know how to be a father. I just wanted to be a good mom. And that has looked different as my kids have grown because it can be painful. You see your mistakes and it is not a perfect journey. but I have learned to just apologize humbly when I make mistakes. And I do often um, just say, I'm really working on that. I can see how that's hard and I'm, I'm really sorry. And that's all kids need from us. They absolutely do not need perfect parents. They just need parents humble enough to apologize and move on. And I've learned to do that. And kids are just so forgiving and they love us so so much. And they just want um, to know that they can apologize and that we can
0: apologize when we do something wrong. And we will. (laughs) It's so true, Kenyon. Uh, As you're talking, I'm thinking that we're opposite sides of the same coin. I had what I always called the perfect mother. There was dinner on the table every night. There was flowers as a centerpiece. And then when I got married, I did not marry a Rob Robson, and I I know that wasn't easy either, but I, uh, I was divorced in 13 years, and so my little girl dream of being the same kind of mom that my mother had been to me was so shockingly interrupted, and I... I did not uh, understand divorce. I didn't know what a primary custodial parent was. So I signed away my rights and ended up with 14 hours a week with my children. And I had been the primary nurturer. I had lullabied them every night. I had sung to them with my guitar. I had tucked them in. I had been a stay-at-home mom. And suddenly motherhood was ripped out of my grasp. and It was heartbreaking. And so... Uh, Just yesterday, I told Del, as we were saying our morning prayers, I I said, Del, I am such a humbled instrument. (laughs) You know, it's one thing to be a humble instrument, but I thought I got to write a song about being a humbled instrument because Mm -hmm. my children do not know to this day the dream that I had of being the kind of mother that I was. Mm -hmm. And there's still some hurts that we're working through. Mm -hmm. So you have here... Two opposite sides of the same coin, a woman who grew up without a mother in her home, who ended up being able to have the blessing of being a stay-at-home mom with her children, and a woman who had to go back to work and had motherhood ripped out of her her heart and her hands. For a long time, people thought that I, that I had left my children high and dry, and there were rumors about that. And so that's when I could point them to the lullabies and say, Oh no, my heart was a lullabying mother. And I I love the work that you do with children in crisis, with abused children. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. So Kenyon, I am amazed at your journey and can completely feel what a mother would feel in having her journey cut short, because my journey was cut short, not through death, but through divorce. And so as we proceed, there's been a lot of forgiveness, and I would love to have you address what your forgiving heart went through. Yes,
1: absolutely. I remember when I turned 23, which is the age that my mother passed away, and I remember thinking how sad for her. All that time I had thought, from my perspective, I missed her. You know, I didn't have her, and I thought, man, would I... You know, I'm sure she's happy and doing whatever she's doing, but I did feel so sad for her when I turned the age that she was when she passed away, that she um was cut short at that time. Um so uh forgiveness that has been I think forgiveness and gratitude would be two words that have um resonated with um with me and my story so much. Um I moved out the second I turned 18 as soon as I could. And my little brother moved in with me and my dad moved away to Colorado and was done being a dad and was finally his time to do the things that he, we had kept him from doing. And we didn't talk for seven years and it was probably so good because I was able to almost um, divorce the toxicity for Mm -hmm. a while and separate myself and heal. It was hard. I felt alone and orphaned at 18, not having really any family um, to be anchored to, you know, to go home to. Even um like a lot of kids when they move out on their own, they still want to come home to you. They still want to come home to that anchor. And it felt a little scary and lonely not having that. But seven years passed and I grew up a lot and I hurt a lot and I healed a lot. And it was Father's Day seven years later. And I Felt sad for my dad that day that he was all alone because I knew if there was going to be any one of us that was going to extend any forgiveness or grace, it was definitely going to have to be me because I did not see it coming from my siblings. So I just thought of this man who had kind of, um, you know, they say you you made the bed lay in it type of situation where most people would say, well, he's laying in the bed that he made, let him lay there. But my heart wasn't content with that, and I felt uncomfortable thinking of him lonely and alone. And so I reached out and I called him and it was really scary and really hard. Um, And that was just the first page of another journey of um, hearing him and listening to him and um, being courageous enough because when someone has a temper, especially a man, it's very scary. And it was very scary telling my dad how you felt and um, so it was very scary to tell him some of the hurts that he had caused um but we went through some of those hard things, and at his best level, he said he did apologize um not to the level that most people would need and um, require for forgiveness, but um the level that his fragile heart could handle, he apologized, and um I wanted him to have grace, and I didn't want him to be alone and i I Believe that um, he was my dad for a reason, and sometimes that reason isn't because we need what they have to offer. <laughs> sometimes they're just a human, and I think maybe he needed what I had to offer. And I'm I'm grateful that I've been able to offer him that grace and see healing in his heart and um, compassion for his story. Someone who cares about his story for once. And I've seen healing in me allowing him to be a grandfather and um, teaching him boundaries. And, you know, that's layered and complex. Um, We could talk for a long time about that. But uh, just a story of love, of allowing someone to be who they are, um, seeing them where they are for who they are and the pain that they've been
0: through and just choosing love. As I listen to this, I think of the teenage girls that could be blessed and benefited by your story those girls who have had their joy interrupted with uh, the loss of a mother being the primary caregiver, whether it be through death or divorce. This is definitely a radio show that I will be sending to my daughters so that they can hear your example of love and forgiveness for their father and compassion. They are definitely forgiving girls and so i appreciate this so much Kenyon. and for all of you who are listening who are out there who have had your joy interrupted either by being a child in a family that had death interrupt take the life of your mother or divorce take the life of your mother this is a huge a huge journey to go through and for those of you who may not understand that when a mother has her joy interrupted in being a mother, which might have been her childhood dream, as it was mine, that that is also a great loss that comes with a huge amount of opportunity to forgive and to um, question God and say, why, when this was my desire all of my life, did, did I have to have my motherhood interrupted? So whether you are on one side or the other, a child a teenager, a young mother, a a grandmother going through these kinds of questions. I just, I love what you're sharing, Kenyon. Now you helped children who have been abused and you moved into the arena of blessing other children with compassion, with the compassion and the empathy that you gleaned from your own childhood. I would love to have you share with us what led you to that journey and To what extent have you worked with children of abuse?
1: Yes. Thank you, Karen. I, um, you know, they say lose yourself in service and oh man, do I have a testimony of that. At my lowest point, I felt paralyzed with fear. I don't, didn't know how, I didn't think I knew, would know how to be a spouse or a parent. I hadn't seen anybody do it successfully. I was scared. I didn't want to hurt people the way I saw other people hurting people in my family And I was just paralyzed with fear. And that's when I walked into a child crisis center and, um, filled out an application. And I, how old were you at that time? I had just sold the flower shop. That was not fulfilling purpose for me. So I was about 22, 23 years old. And, um, and I, these were children who had been taken out of their homes from all different levels of abuse things that were way harder than anything that I had ever had to had to go through. And I fell head over heels with the wisdom, the toughness, the kindness. Um, I healed and I would tuck them into bed. I was their mom from two to 10. I did the two to 10 shift mm. and um, I tucked them in and I sang, I am a child of God. And And the healing balm came to my spirit by pouring out their worth, pouring into them how loved and how special that these children were. And my heart just ached and felt a need to to try to help them know that. And um, I lost every pain that I felt, every loneliness that I felt when I went to work for people who were hurting And so, if you're in those places that we all get in—the darkness, the depression, the um, pain—that sometimes this life, um, it's hard not to feel some of those feelings. But I can, I can absolutely testify that going to work to serve the least of these is healing balm to the hurting spirit.
0: I appreciate and totally resonate with this too, Kenyon. After my divorce, which was not my childhood dream, I. I asked the Lord, what would you have me do? And the thought came, mending broken hearts, go about mending broken hearts with healing arts. So I became a massage therapist, used the music that I had created, and then began my endeavor to comfort grieving mothers and to go and to nurture those whose marriages had broken up and who had lost loved ones through death or divorce. And I think you're absolutely right. There is nothing more consoling to someone's human spirit than to take up your own bed and walk to the bedside of someone else and start nurturing give of your heart give of yourself and pour your love into those and make others' journeys more comfortable in the way that you would have loved somebody to have been there for you if they would have only known what you were feeling at the time exactly so i i'm so excited to do a series with you, Kenyon. This is important. So So important. It's so important. And we are going to be right back. We're going to take a short station break. And then we'll be right back with more with Kenyon Robson and the journey that she has had that she's sharing so generously with us, teaching us about gratitude and forgiveness, and how she made it through I love Barry Manilow's song, I Made It Through the Rain, and that's the song I wish they could play right now because it's beautiful.
1: Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace,
0: one happy listener at a time. We're back with more Joy Coaching America with Karen Lynn Grant and the beautiful Kenyon Robson, who has been sharing an amazing journey. I hope that when this turns into a podcast, it will first air on Loving Liberty. You're listening today to Loving Liberty, uh, radio internet, but it will be turned into a podcast and then this link deserves to be shared with women you know who are now adult mothers who maybe have lost their mothers in childhood to death or divorce and also with those women who are wondering how... How do they go about building their life and using the sorrow and the sad experience, the ashes, turning it into something beautiful, beauty for my ashes, and then going about catalyst it now. I really do believe that our deepest pain becomes a catalyst for the good that God knows our empathetic hearts can do. And so now, Kenyon, I would just love to turn the time back over to you to share with us more of your journey and what you believe about getting up, taking up your bed, and walking to the to the bedside of others who need you. And there are so many women, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of women who do need this story from you. So please feel free to continue. Thank you so much, Karen. I
1: I love, I think it is so beautiful, the journey of healing. I love to hear, and I know all of us really are at some level of healing from something in our lives. Um, I remember a time on my healing journey because we really can't lead to our full potential, our full maximum potential, um, until we're, you know, at least far down the road of healing our hearts. Because when our hearts aren't healed, I remember being really hard on myself. You know, any time I felt that I wasn't living up to my potential or I wasn't trying hard enough or I wasn't working hard enough, there was always something I was doing that wasn't enough. And I would just beat myself up just over and over. And I remember one day, one of my best friends was going through a hard time and sharing with me how she wasn't being good enough. She wasn't doing enough. And with every ounce of purity, I thought, how could she feel this way? I love her. She is incredible. And I, in that moment, somehow I realized, Kenyon, you are a really good friend to everybody else but yourself. And I went on a journey to learn to become just as good of a friend as I was to all of my best friends, to myself, to allow myself that kind of grace um, that I knew that the Savior had for me. He was my advocate. He knew every step of my journey and he was advocating for me, but I wasn't advocating for myself. And I think when we talk about freedom, there's so many different kinds of freedom and so many different levels of freedom. I honestly think the the shackles were lifted when I was able to learn to be a wonderful friend to myself. And some people call it learning to love themselves. For me, it was learning to know myself really well and give myself grace When I deserve some grace and not comparing myself to anybody else because our journeys are so individual, it is absolutely impossible to compare your journey with anybody else. And freedom came with that. Freedom came with that. My journey was wonderful and that I was wonderful and I knew all the ways that I was. that didn't mean i didn't know all of my flaws and weaknesses because i absolutely did and i absolutely do but i am absolutely okay with the journey of just improving full of love full of grace and forgiveness for myself and so from that point i was able to start realizing that i had purpose and that i was capable of things i was capable of leading i had no idea That I was capable of speaking or leading. You can't imagine how that was not a part of my journey in any way, shape, or form. But we all have potential. And when we can lift the shackles of judgment from ourselves and learn to um, be a wonderful friend and love ourselves and offer that grace, that's the beginning of a life of freedom. That's the beginning of a free heart, ready to go out there and serve in a healthy selfless way because we're no longer self-conscious. We're only others conscious. And then we can start finding all the fun, all of our purpose, all the things that we're meant to do. Um, You see Karen and her passion and all of the things that she has driven to accomplish. She would not be able to do that if she had not had the very specific painful experience that she has had. There is a reason behind our suffering. There is a reason for our individual stories because there are specific purposes for us, people specific to our journey to touch. Those children who had had a rough, rough go would never have related to me if I had had a perfect childhood. They would never have related to me. But because I had felt the pain, they could see it. They could feel the the likeliness um, that that we had felt similar pains, they were open to me. And I am so grateful I wouldn't trade one ounce, one moment of that pain um, for those moments to be able to be a blessing and a healing balm for another hurting spirit. And um the reason I share this with you is is not anything to do with me. It's to do with you that you have been in your own healing journeys and that I am a hundred percent positive that you have purposes, that you have talents. And a world is waiting for those and that you can't offer that full potential um, until your heart is, is, you know, further down the road of healing. And so that's what I want for you, because I know the world needs you.
0: Kenyon, thank you. That was so beautifully expressed. And it makes me think of a quote by Alfred Tennyson, who said, not even the angels of heaven can minister to one who has been broken in the wheels of living as a mortal who has gone through the suffering of life. And I think of those beautiful children that you've been able to nurture because you did understand what they were longing for, what they were hungry for, and what they were aching for in the spirit of motherly love, maternal love, maternal instinct that was naturally born in you, that you came with from heaven. And that just continued to evolve and and become a blessing to so many children. And I think of children. uh at what point does childhood end and adulthood begin? And i I remember a dream that I had where i was I was surrounded by young and old, and I was holding a baby in my arms in this dream. And uh, an elderly man was led to me, and I recognized him as a dear friend who's since passed. but his name was Mac McNaughton. and he was led to me. His mother died at age 12 and in the dream, I was told you are to nurture the hearts of children in both uh, young bodies and in older bodies. And that childhood, we all need somebody to take the needs that we have had as little ones that did not get met and to help to fulfill what was lacking in another mother's love which might have been cut short, I think, of the beautiful work that you're doing, Kenyon. And I, I love your passion. I love your humor. I'm able to laugh and I, and laugh at things that once brought me sorrow that were not yet maybe quite understood. And I just absolutely love you. I love your story. I love your heart. And I am so excited for this to go out to those who are in need of healing. As you say, there's no there's no better gift as we are going through our healing than to take what has been catalysted, those wounds that we have had uh, in our childhoods, in our teenage years, and then to, uh, to mature them up into the role of nurturer and healer. And that's a huge part of my journey. I'm so grateful to hear about your journey with healing. Now, as I think of you standing beside your husband in the beautiful life platform, in, in sharing, and you've got done so many uh, audios that people can tap into, they can listen to 24 seven. Can, you can be nurtured by Kenyon's beautiful voice, her beautiful story, her wisdom, her expertise through the life platform, which for those of you who might have known it as life leadership. Now Kenyon and Rob serving together side by side in this beautiful business where they are mentoring and leading others to success, to overcoming their emotional poverty and spiritual deprivation and moving on into joy and bliss and felicity and prosperity. And I'm so excited about that. Will you share with us in these final few moments a little bit about that journey that you are on with Rob?
1: Yes. Oh my heavens. So I married a go-getter and it was a crazy, pardon me, first few years. Um, I told Rob, don't you ever, I did not want to confuse him when we were dating. I said, it's very apparent that you were born to be on stage and I want you to follow your dreams, but it's not fair if I don't let you know, I will never ever do that with you. I will never be on stage, but action conquers fear. And he kept forcing me in these little subliminal ways, little moments on stage. And I would be so angry with him for <laughs> weeks. And um, and then one day I realized that there are people all over the world that are never heard thousands and thousands of voices, lonely voices that are never heard. And here I was throwing a fit when I was giving an given an opportunity to be heard instead of seeing it as a blessing. And so it's been a long road to feel that I was a partner with him, and that if he is called, I'm called, and that I'm a leader, and that I have purpose, and it's been incredible. I'm doing things I never could have imagined myself doing, and in our comfort zones, that will never happen. Life leadership has, you know, given us a platform to reach our full potential financially, and more importantly, with our purpose, growing communities, and each of us using our own talents and gifts to, um, to serve, really, and to, um, to learn to maximize those talents and individual purposes. And um, it's just been an absolutely incredible journey being absolutely forced out of my comfort zone.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it too. And I'm so grateful for you, Kenyon. This was part one in a upcoming series with Kenyon Robson. And we want to thank you so much, Kenyon, for being here with me today. We'll talk about loving leadership, ladies serving and mentoring with loving leadership next time on part two with Kenyon Robson. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America. Thank you.